Good afternoon, everyone. There you go. There you go. I knew you'd get it right. Um, Before we begin, I'd like to uh, just offer up another word of prayer. So I'd like to ask you to bow your heads with me, and I will kneel as we pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your presence being in this room today. Father, I ask in a very special way that you would lighten this room with your glory. Father, please speak through me as I speak through your word. Hide me behind your cross and may Christ be lifted up. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to start by uh, telling you something that I'm sure you will find quite amazing. I know who you are. Okay, nobody sounded like you were amazed. (laughs) (laughs) I know who you are. And uh, before I tell you and prove to you how I know who each and every one of you are, and you say, Pastor, you never met me, but I'm telling you today that I know who you are. And before I tell you who you are, I'd like to tell you a little bit about who I am. Is that okay? I want to share with you um, very briefly my testimony. As was mentioned a little bit earlier, I used to be a hip-hop artist. Dreadlocks. Anybody knows what those are? Yeah, I'm sure you've never seen those before. Dreadlocks, pants, hanging off. Um, decked down with jewelry, slang, curse words, a crazy mentality about 11 years ago. I had a major recording contract with EMI Records, and our group appeared on Soul Train, Rap City, BET, all of it. Eight album contract for $800,000. My code name was Yoda. Anybody ever heard of that name before? (laughs) Yoda. Why was my code name Yoda? Because I was after wisdom. And I liked that fictional character Yoda because Yoda was wise. He was that old sage who just knew everything about everything. And I was in search of wisdom. In fact, my younger brother, his name was Jedi. He was part of the group with me. And so you could tell we were Star Wars fanatics. Um, I did not realize who I was until I was introduced to the Bible. In 1994, I had an encounter with the Word of God And 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 tells us, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And so indeed, beloved, I was someone in God's eyes that I did not meet until 11 years ago. 
The Bible tells us, Jesus, God himself says, before I created you in the womb, before I brought you forth, I, who can finish it for me? I knew you. Isn't that interesting? God knew who I was before I knew who I was. I I thought I was Yoda, but God saw me as Pastor, Pastor Myers. God knew who I was when I didn't know who I was. And beloved, I want to let you know uh, uh, today that God knows who you are. And some of you in here do not know who you are. You think you know who you are. Like I thought I knew who I was. But God knows who you are. Now I want to share something with you. If, if you. if you have your Bibles, in the book of Mark chapter 1, verse 24, very simple verse, verse 23 and 24, there was in the, there, and there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, that is, as Jesus was coming towards him, he cried out, and listen to what he said. Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee. Who thou art. Isn't that interesting? The devil knew who Jesus was. Now, why did the devil know who Jesus was? Because Jesus knew who he was. How many of you caught that just now? Jesus knew who he was. Jesus knew what his mission was. And because Jesus knew what his mission was, when he came face to face with the enemy of souls, the devil said, I know who you are. It's interesting. I don't know if any of you remember reading that story about these seven sons of Sceva who were trying to cast out a demon. Anybody ever read that story? And uh, what happens when the demon uh, uh, is, you know, acting up and then he hears these sons of Sceva trying to cast him out. And then he says something interesting. He says, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Man, if that was me, I would have turned, I was going to say turn white. (laughs) Is that okay? (laughs) I guess it's okay. I would have turned white, you know, just... I'm pale, pale, how's that? I would have turned pale. You know, here I am thinking I'm doing the Lord's work and the devil turns around and says, who are you again? But, but that was a statement the devil made in an attempt to intimidate. I want to ask you a question today. Do you know who you are? God knows who you are, and the devil knows who you are. But do you know who you are? I want to share with you something that just is is so amazing. You know, when I was out in the world, I was into Star Wars. But little did I realize that I was someone, I was not Yoda, I was someone else whom God had called me to be, and there was a greater battle that God had called me to fight, and I had no idea. Did you realize that Star Wars is real? Raise your hand if you knew that. Raise your hand if you're just raising your hand. Let me share with you, beloved, it's interesting. In Revelation chapter 12 and verse 4, Revelation chapter 12 and verse 4, and you know what? I cannot see the time, so 
if someone can just, you know, let me know when it's getting close to time. I really can't see the clock up there. But Revelation chapter 12 and verse 4, listen to what the Bible says. I'm going to read verse 9 first. The great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Let me say this before I expound on that verse. In order for you to know who you are, you've got to know the context behind who you are. You've got to know the what? Context behind who you are. And we're about to look at the context right now because, beloved, I want to share with you that there is in this world something called the great controversy, a war between good and evil, the forces of light versus the forces of darkness. And we're told here that this conflict began in heaven with an angel named Lucifer. And the Bible says that Lucifer cast out these angels, a third of the angels, the Bible tells us. If you would look over in verse 4, we are told here the same thing, but verse 4 reads it a little bit differently. It says, His tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. Who are these stars or what are these stars that Satan cast to the earth? They are angels. So, beloved, in heaven there were angels whom Lucifer deceived and these angels, which are also called stars, engaged in a war against God, which lets us know that the first and original and genuine star war began where? Now, how many of you caught that? Now, if you think I'm making it up, just go over with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14, and I want you to notice... Verse 12, Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, speaking of Lucifer again, how art thou fallen, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations, for thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Now who were the stars of God? Angels, good angels. So here you have Lucifer gathering his stars to fight and war against the stars of God. And we can come to a firm conclusion that the first star war was where? In heaven. And now, beloved, listen, that star war spilled out and came down to planet Earth. That's why you'll find in Genesis uh, chapter 15 and verse 5, God calls Abraham and says, Abraham, I want you to look up to the what? Stars. So shall your seed be. Your seed will become or will be like these stars. Why, Abraham? Because there was a star war that began in heaven and now that star war has spilled out onto the earth and Abraham, I'm calling you and your seed to be my star warriors. I know who you are. Do you know who you are? But it is interesting if we follow this theme down in Daniel chapter 8 verse 10, we are introduced to a little horn and the little horn is said to cast down some of the what? Stars 
to the ground. We're talking about this power that would rule during the dark ages. And it says that it would actually persecute or try to destroy or war against the stars of God. So a star war that began in heaven now spilled out and was taking place where? Here on on earth. And beloved, what's even more interesting is that when you go over to the book of Matthew, chapter 1 and chapter 2, you've got three wise men coming because they have seen a star. (laughs) Beloved, let me tell you, Star Wars has nothing on the Bible. Nothing on the Bible. And so Jesus Christ, the bright and morning star, comes upon the scene, and now Herod is searching for the star. Star search. (laughs) Not only are the wise men searching for the star, but Herod is searching for the star, and the devil himself is searching for the star, because they know the importance of this star in the star war. And then, beloved, let me tell you that there is another side because over in the book of Jude, we, we, we read of, of uh, the Bible speaking of raging uh, uh, waves, talking about the wicked as, as, uh, as uh, wandering stars. Anybody ever read that verse? Jude, wandering stars. Beloved, as there are stars which represent the people of God, so there are stars which represent those who stand against God. And these two our parties are at war with one another. We are not only wrestling against principalities and powers, beloved, we're wrestling against, against demons who are inhabiting. And so I know who you are. You say, Pastor, well, tell me who I am. So I want to show you, now that we understand the context, now that we understand we are not just here to, to, to be here, we are actually in the middle of a crisis, in the middle of a conflict. And let me tell you something, there's no such thing as not choosing sides. You are on one side or another, whether you choose to be or not. Now, you can choose, but even if you don't choose, you're on one side or another. See, I didn't choose to be on the dark side. Nonetheless, I was leading people into darkness. So it wasn't a matter of me saying, hmm, I want to lead people into darkness. I didn't have to do that to, to lead people into, dar- into darkness. All I had to do was to neglect the light. You understand what I'm saying? So now, I want to show you without a shadow of a doubt who you are. And the Bible actually lets us know who you are. Notice with me in Ezekiel chapter 28. To find out, beloved, who you are, we have seen the context. And now we're going to find out something absolutely amazing. Ezekiel 28. Again, this chapter speaking of Lucifer describes his fall from heaven. And I want you to notice verse 14. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created until, what? Iniquity was found in thee. What is it that started the rebellion in heaven? Iniquity was found where? In Lucifer. Now, what is iniquity? 
It is sin. What is sin? Transgression of the law. Which lets us know, beloved, that in heaven there had to be a what? Law in order for there to be transgression. Does that make sense? What was the law that was in heaven? It was the law of love. Let me ask you, were the Ten Commandments in heaven? What do you think? How many of you say yes? How many of you say no? (laughs) Thou shalt not commit adultery. Was that in heaven? Angels? Oh, man. (laughs) No, beloved. The Ten Commandments were summed up in one word, which was love. Now, I like to call the Ten Commandments, as we have them written by the hand of God, righteousness for dummies. Anybody ever seen those? God had to spell out, after sin entered, he had to spell out, look, this is what righteousness is. Because we had lost our sense of discernment and judgment. But I want you to notice, it goes on further. Verse 16, by the multitude of thy merchandise, merchandise they have filled the midst of thee with violence and thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Now some people have asked the question, why didn't God destroy Lucifer right then and there? Anyone ever ask that question? It makes you wonder, if sin rose up in heaven, if Lucifer began to say that God was unfair, that God is unjust, that his law is unjust, and beloved, that's what he was saying. His argument was that God was an unjust and an unfair God. And I don't have time to go into that now, but I will show you in an upcoming message that Lucifer's argument... Ever wonder how Lucifer was able to deceive one-third of righteous, holy, intelligent, smart angels... Ever wonder that? How many of you think that Lucifer said to the angels, Hey, angels, I think I want to be evil. Who wants to come along? That's not deception. The angels would, you know, they would have easily seen through that. They wouldn't have gone there. Lucifer had to do something else, and I'll share what that something else else is in in another message. But let me get back to the point here. Why didn't God destroy or judge Lucifer right then and there? And I will tell you the answer is found in Deuteronomy chapter 19. Deuteronomy chapter 19. And we're going to take a look at verse 16. Deuteronomy 19 and verse 16. Listen to what the Bible says here. God commands Moses lays out these laws, these principles, and I want you to listen carefully to this principle. Deuteronomy 19, verse 16, If a false witness rise up against any man to testify against him that which is wrong, then both the men between whom the controversy is shall stand before the Lord, before the priests and the judges, which shall be in those days. And the judge shall make diligent inquisition And behold, if the witness be a false witness and has testified falsely against his brother, then shall ye do unto him as he thought to have done unto his brother, so shalt thou put away the evil from among you. What is the principle here? If controversy arose between two people, there had to be what? 
a third party. There had to be a third party to judge between the two. Amen? Do you see that there? All right, now, let me ask you the question again. Why didn't God judge Lucifer when Lucifer rose up to accuse God? How many parties were in heaven when this controversy arose? How many? Two. Lucifer and his angels... God and his angels. And so in all the universe, there is no third party. Just imagine if you and I have a conflict. And, uh, you know, we say to each other, all right, man, I'm going to see you in court. And you say, that's right, I'm going to see you in court. We're going to see who's going to win this. And you come to court, and guess who's sitting (laughs) on the bench? Me. What's going to happen? You're going to begin to really sweat really hard, right? Because you know how this case is going to turn out. Isn't that right? Lucifer is, is, is accusing God. And all heaven is polarized into two sides. Now, there is a divine, as it were, standstill. There's no third party. But I want you to notice something again in Ezekiel 28. Something that God tells Lucifer that must have Lucifer scratching his head. And I want you to notice Ezekiel 28. And we're going to take a look at verse 18. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. And it shall devour thee. And I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. Go back up with me one verse to verse 17. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. And Lucifer is going, what? Lay me before who? Don't you know that heaven is polarized into two sides? Lay me before kings. Beloved, the term lay before kings is a term symbolic of judgment. Do you remember when, when, uh, when that woman caught in adultery was brought before Jesus? What did they do? They threw her before the feet of Jesus so that Jesus could do what? Judge her. God here is telling Lucifer, I'm going to throw you or lay you before kings that they may judge you. And Lucifer is scratching his head saying, who are these kings? Who are these kings that are supposed to judge me? Nobody in the universe. Everybody has taken two sides. What are you going to do, God? (laughs) I know who you are. (laughs) You may not know who you are, but I know who you are. And you might be saying, Pastor, who am I? Who are these kings that God would take Lucifer and lay before them? Who are these kings? 
Beloved, you read Revelation chapter 1, verse 6. It tells us, praise be to God. It tells us who has washed us in his blood and has made us kings. Has made us what? Kings. You look at Revelation 20 and verse 4, and it speaks about this great resurrection that takes place. And it says that judgment was given unto those who followed Jesus fully. In other words, judgment was handed over to them. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3, the Bible says, Know ye not that we shall judge angels? Do you realize who you are? I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> the devil knows who you are. Trust me on that. In fact, beloved, when God created mankind, they were to serve as the jury. What's the name of this message? Jury selection. I don't know if you caught that or not. (laughs) Jury selection. When God made mankind, they were to serve as that third party to, 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 to judge between God And Lucifer, what a high and holy and awesome and incredible calling. I mean, do do you get this? Do you realize who you are? I know who you are. God knows who you are. The devil knows who you are. Beloved, that's why when Adam and Eve were created, the devil said, hmm, are these the ones that are to rule over me? Are these the ones that are to judge me? Is this to be the jury? Hmm. If you were a criminal and you had an opportunity To get to the jury, what would you do? (laughs) Bribe the jury, right? Isn't that what you do? Any criminals out there? Don't raise your hand. (laughs) You would attempt to bribe the jury. You would attempt to disqualify the jury because if there is no jury, if there is no third party, then there can be no... Judgment. I know who you are. Now you may not realize who you are. And you may choose to live your life who God never called you to, as who God never called you to be. But I know who you are. God knows who you are. The devil knows who you are. And all, beloved, are trying <laughs> very desperately to win your allegiance. And so notice what happens. Satan comes to Adam and Eve in the garden and he says, did God say that you, you know, you can't eat of the tree, which is, which, which he said you can't eat from? And they said, yeah. And he said, listen, man, God, don't listen to him. Uh, uh, if you eat of this, God just knows that your eyes will be open and ye shall be as what? God's. Now the Hebrew word is actually translated into Judges.
can be as judges determining right and wrong for yourself. You don't need to follow God's word to determine what is right and wrong. You can be judges for yourself determining what is right and wrong. You don't need God to tell you what is right and wrong. You can be your own judges determining what is right and wrong. You don't need to listen to the Bible. Those Christians, (laughs) do they think they're the only ones that know between right and wrong? And beloved, it's amazing that as Eve took of that fruit and ate, guess what she lost? Her ability to discern between right and wrong. And then the devil says, God, are these the ones that are supposed to judge me? Come on, they couldn't even. (laughs) And you know what God did, beloved? He didn't just say, yeah, you're right. I'm going to create a whole nother people. He says, no, I'm going to redeem them. I'm going to bring back sound judgment to them so that they will indeed (laughs) judge you. And he comes with the gospel, beloved. And now we understand that the entire purpose of the gospel is to reinstate in us sound judgment and fit us to enter the Supreme Court. You didn't get it. Try it again. To get you to enter into the Supreme Court, the Supreme White House, which is where? In heaven. To be a part of the trial of the universe. God has called you to be a juror. That's who you are. Now, you may not be living up to that. Let me tell you something. Do you know there are three conditions for a juror? Number one, a juror is chosen first because he has very limited or almost no knowledge of the case. Now, who was there when, when, when Satan sinned? Let me raise your hand. It, <laughs> Nobody, mankind was not there. And so number one, God created us outside of the crisis, outside as it were, separated from the conflict. And so we would be fair. Amen. We weren't there. But number two, a juror must be an outstanding citizen of the country which he represents. And so, beloved, this is the reason why the devil tries so hard to to disqualify your citizenship. You see, if he can just get you to say, hey, you know what? (laughs) You know what happens if you skip jury duty? Do you know what happens? And let me tell you, beloved, it, it may be hard here on earth, but if you skip jury duty, That God has called you to. Beloved, only jurors enter heaven. Now, now that's not bad news because God has created each and every one of us to be a juror. Isn't that good news? Amen. I know who you are. Do you know who you are? When I was Yoda, I thought I knew who I was. 
I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what God had called me to be. I didn't know what God had laid out in my future. And beloved, God has a future for every one of you and he lays it out right here in his word. Are you accepting who you are in Christ? I know who you are. And beloved, let me tell you, number one, they they were not there. Number two, they've got to be outstanding citizens. And number three, they have to have sound judgment. Sound judgment. This is why, beloved, let me tell you, this is why in the last days, we're talking about a star war. We're talking about the art of war. Beloved, if we are going to make it through this war, we've got to learn the art of war. Amen? We've got to learn how to fight as Christians. We've got to understand what the war is about and what is at stake. And let me tell you, this is why in the last days, the Bible speaks of Babylon who makes the world what? Drunk with her wine. What does wine do? It impairs the senses so that you cannot discern between what? Right and wrong. What does Babylon mean? Do you know what confusion is? Confusion is the opposite of truth. That's it. It's the opposite of truth. So, beloved, in the very philosophies that are out there today, well, there is no such thing as absolute truth. Do you know what you are doing? (laughs) When you say that in God's hearing, God is saying, well, man, if I let you in, You'll be saying, well, what was the matter with the devil? Uh, (laughs) I mean, God, hold on a second. And you will become the devil's advocate. (laughs) Beloved, in fact, many of us are the devil's advocate right now. And that's why God can't let us in. And so God is calling us, do not be the devil's advocate. Don't go around saying, well, how can we know truth? Listen, truth is truth is truth. How do we come to truth? We don't just accept, you know, well, okay, I believe it's true and so it's true. No, beloved, let me tell you, there's so many different religions out there. How do you know that Christianity is the right religion? How do you know that? Is it because you were brought up as a Christian? Is that a good enough reason to say this is why I'm a Christian? Beloved, if that's your reason, that's not, that's, that's not good work. That's not a good sign of a good juror. A good juror must understand why he is what he is, why he believes what he believes, and he must be able to look at all the evidence and come to the conclusion that truth is truth. Amen? Amen. I know who you are. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 3. A beautiful promise, a beautiful promise. Scripture in the Word of God, Daniel chapter 12 and verse 3. The Bible tells us, And they that be wise, they that be what? Wise. Let's put another word in there. They that be, <laughs> begins with a J. There you go. They that be jurors, they that be judges shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they, shall t- and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever 
And if, now, beloved, I'm a star. Not, not the kind of star I used to be. I'm a different kind of star now. N- not because uh, of popularity. If I was never known by anybody in this world, I would still be a star in God's eyes. See, a true star is not one that is popular in the eyes of man, but is popular in the eyes of God, in the eyes of the watching universe. And beloved, I'm a star. I know who I am now. I know who I am. Now, you may not know who you are, but I know who you are. And it would be sad if you went through life denying who you are. Who God has called you to be. And beloved, remember, God calls those things that are not as though they were. So you might be saying, but pastor, (laughs) look, you don't know who I am. And I'm saying, I don't need to know who you are because I know who you are. I don't need to know what you're doing now because I know who you are in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So beloved, as I close... Throughout this, this week, we're going to be looking at this star war. We're going to be looking at the ways that the enemy of souls is attempting to eliminate the jury. And we're going to look at the way in which the jury will finally bruise the head of the serpent. Beloved, it, it is an exciting story. And what's more exciting about it is that it is not a story. It is not fiction. It is fact. And beloved, I want to ask this This, not evening, but afternoon. Are you ready to make that discovery of who you are? You know, someone would have told me 10 years ago that this is what I'd be doing 10 years later. I would say you're absolutely crazy. That's madness. Some of you sitting in this room right now thinking you don't even know the future God has for you. And if you would simply open yourself up to his guiding, he is going to use you as a mighty star warrior. Forget Luke Skywalker. Beloved, Jesus at the age of 12 had that moment when he went to the temple and he was looking at that lamb and suddenly it clicked in his mind. I know now who I am. As he saw that lamb being slain and things began to click in his mind, he came to that realization, I know now who I am. And I tell you, beloved, every one of us must have an experience like that where we must come to the place where we know who we are in Christ. Are you willing to live to be who Christ wants you to be? If you're willing, just raise your hand. Amen. You know, some of you have not raised your hand, and you know, that's good. You're going to have to sit, and you're going to have to listen and hear more evidence. That's being a good juror. But, beloved, hear the evidence. Amen? Amen. We're going to go ahead and close with prayer. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for giving us this time together. Lord, we have learned today who we are. Whether we accept that picture, Lord, is another story. Please, Lord, woo us 
win us. Open our eyes that we may see that great discovery that will change the course of our lives. May we realize who we are in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.